Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to another episode of Brainwaves. You're listening to 3CR, 8.55am on the dial. Today we have quite a special show. We are interviewing Sue Nunn, who is the lived experienced facilitator, and Jared Harvey, who is a participant of uh, the group ECHOES. ECHOES is a peer support group for individuals who experience dissociation and multiplicity. My name is Kiara and I'll be panelling today and also uh, interviewing is Terry and Serena. Take it away, guys. Uh, welcome, Sue and Jared. G'day. Uh, firstly, Sue, what is ECHOES? Okay, um, ECHOES um, is a peer support group and what I mean by peer support is that um, I have a lived experience of um, a dissociative disorder um, and it's a group for anyone aged over the age of 18 um, who feels they might be experiencing some sort of disassociation or have um, DID, which is dissociative identity disorder, which I actually have myself. And what is dissociation? Oh, well, that's... um, it's a huge question. It's a, there's a really, really big spectrum of disassociation. So, you know, um, everybody experiences is disassociation. So it could be um, that you're, you know, you're driving in your car, you get in your car, it's something that you do frequently, a journey that you do frequently every day, and you actually take no notice of actually how you got there. You just arrive at the destination but don't know. So that's a mild form of disassociation. But for someone like myself, um, because of the experiences I had in childhood, which was consistently ongoing trauma, um, I disconnected from my body, from my emotions, from my cognition. um, And uh, so they're they're all completely separate. And I I have issues around amnesia as well. And Jared, what's your experience of dissociation? Um. In a lot of ways, similar to Sue, um, I also have uh, a child, childhood trauma, and um, the nature of that is uh, very pervasive, and it's just something that just keeps on going. It's never resolved. Um, and uh, I found echoes by a Google search, and um, I put it off because I thought, no, it's too extreme. You know, it's too extreme to 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 entertain as an idea. Most people don't believe, like psychiatrists don't believe that dissociation to the extreme doesn't exist. It's actually debatable. And when you ex- actually experience it, you're desperate to find answers. But dis- dissociation is about trying to f- hide from answers. So you're trying to find things and hide from things at the same time, which means that you find things and you lose things at the same time. So when you dissociate, you're dissociating and getting together. And so you look normal, but you don't feel it. So you appear normal, but how does it actually affect your daily life and functioning? Um, I mean, it's different for everyone, but most people uh, will experience dissociation whether they are aware of it or not. Every time you look into a mirror, you're dissociating. You think that you're looking at someone else, but actually you're looking at yourself, but you forget about it. Thanks a lot for that, Jared. Um, 
I just thought I'd mention, I, I'm not quite sure whether I heard you properly just a minute ago. Uh, did you? I know that most psychiatrists, it's my understanding, don't uh, believe in dissociation, but I'm well aware that there are psychiatrists that do. So um, would you like to make any comment about that, Jared? I'm still learning. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. And Sue, can you tell us or tell Brainwaves when ECHOES was established? So I established ECHOES four years ago um, in 2012. Um, I It took me um, probably around six months to do research. I just didn't jump into it. Um, it was a suggestion by a psychologist who um, I was feeling exceptionally isolated. And she said to me, well, why don't you start your own support group? Um, and as Jared said earlier, it, the disorder is, um, and I don't like that term actually, but because I think it's a really, really fantastic creative coping mechanism. Condition, maybe. Uh, or condition. Um, adaptation is another word. Absolutely. Um, so, it, you know, I um, it was challenging, but I spent six months researching uh, approaches to, to support groups. Um, and I came across a peer support um, organisation called Hearing Voices. Um, and that's the approach that I use within, within ECHOES. Um, I initiated ECHOES with um, another, um, she was a mental health social worker called Alana Roy, and she and I um, were the first two people that founded ECHOES. Thank um, you so much, Sue. So very, very interesting. Um, Jared, how did you, you mentioned that you found, about, uh, found out about ECHOES on the internet. How did you actually become involved in the group? Um, as I said before, Google search Dissociation Melbourne, um, and... Uh, that brought up echoes, and there's not many groups around. And um, <clears throat> I called up, and then um, uh, it was actually someone that I knew. It wasn't Sue. It was someone else that I knew that was linked in with a, a psychiatrist and psychologist and a few other people. And, um, yeah, I went to the group, and I, I sat down, and after 10 minutes of talking, I've, I realised that I was with the people that I've been looking for. And that was a really big moment for me, just to sit down and go, oh, hey. Um, and prior to attending Echoes, did you have any other supports, particularly peer support, such as friends with the illness, or were you quite isolated? Um, that's, um, that's an interesting question, because of the, the, the place where I've taken my dissociation um, is a little bit different. Um, I've taken to a the extremes. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. That's all right. Um, so, what sort of um, research did you use to establish the group? So, um, yeah, I, I actually visited um, pit, uh, support groups. I um, There was a support group in Adelaide that I went across to. I actually travelled from Melbourne across to Adelaide um, because there's a person that did run a face-to-face -face peer support group in Adelaide for people with disassociation. Um, and um, and then I, I actually went to um, other support groups here in Melbourne, um, ones for people that experienced childhood sexual abuse. Um, and um, I also went to the Hearing Voices um, groups and I just picked up from them what it was that I actually wanted to be able to offer to the people that attended our group. And that's where I picked up things like the values of the group. I didn't want to have rules. Um, a lot of people um, 
with with disassociation find you know, things like that can be quite quite activating so it's about you know values is around how we um, we respect each other and how we actually want to be with each other not just within the group but within our community as well thank you so much sue um jared can you give us an outline of how the actual group runs um you know what sort of activities do you do the format for i think it's an hour and a half uh is it once a month or once every two weeks uh, you'll you'll clarify for me well you just go into the group and you yep. sit down and yep and do you get a cup of coffee before you sit down or no Are there any um prompts any things that you can use in the session there are a few things. Uh, I like colours. I'm very fond oh, of colours. Oh, lovely! So yeah. do I. I like to. Uh, what well, I like to just look at colours and so, you know, I'll I'll draw or I'll um, I'll look at people's clothing, for example, and I'll just let my mind go and mix in with the colours. And now I'm getting a sense of you know, well, it goes away and then it comes back. I don't need to. Hold on to it. Thanks, Jared. Thank you so much. And Sue, what were some of the obstacles you encountered? I mean, I'm really impressed to hear that you travelled all the way to Adelaide because there was a group over there and that you surveyed quite a few self-help groups or peer support groups in Melbourne. So can you give us um, some information about any obstacles uh, that you may have encountered in setting up your fabulous group? Um, finances, obviously, you know, I have to actually pay for, for a venue. So, um, it's, it, it was finding a venue that was low cost. Um, and then the added cost like printing, you know, how am I going to get this information out? Um, uh, also, um, you know, just thinking about the, the people that would be attending, you know, would, would day be a good time to, to have a group? Would, would the evening be a good time to have a group? Um, and actually, um, with someone with this dissociative identity disorder, it is it it is really confronting, and and it and to be able to be public about it is um, exposure is is a commonality for people that have disassociation, and it's very much a hidden, uh, uh, and I don't like the word disorder, but it's very much a hidden disorder, and um, so exposure, and even speaking now, you know, there's. You know, it's quite contradictory and there's a lot of conflict that occurs for me personally as well, internally. Thanks, Sue. Um, Sue, why did you decide uh, to use your lived experience to run the group rather than getting professional facilitators in? Um, because, uh, and I, you know, I there is, there is um, a place for uh, professionals, but I just felt um, that... Uh, coming from a lived experience perspective I had more perhaps empathy and um, much more realistic uh, view on the difficulties that occur for people with and and I and it is for me it is um, very much uh, I know that um, I when I worked with somebody who um, had a lived experience themselves um, so I worked with them therapeutically they were supporting me um, that was a real turning point for me, a real turning point. Yeah. And when the sort of groups are in progress, how do you actually conduct them as facilitator? So um, the format of the group is like, so we all have 
we all have a check-in so we all just see how people have been traveling for the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks and i tend to keep that fairly short but i i i'm like uh, the next person we, there's no there's no hierarchy it's very much about mutuality and respect um, and safety and that's a very strong you know um value is is respect and safety within the group um and then we have a you know it can be there might be um a time where i bring in something some psychoeducation and we discuss that or it will be somebody may have been activated um during the during the week and they actually want to discuss that and and Mm -hmm. how do other people experience that and we talk about coping strategies um and i also have some um uh, little things, uh, coloured things, and uh, crayons and pencils, and anything that will help with grounding for people. Mm-hmm. And and everyone's welcome in the group. It doesn't, you know, like when I say everyone, I'm talking about people's parts. Yeah. Oh yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Um, we obviously have a very diverse range of activities during the group. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. Jarrett, back to you. Um, do you find it encouraging or inspiring to hear other people's stories in the Echoes peer group? Mm, definitely. Um, as I said before, uh, I, I have been quite isolated for a long time and um, it's uh, definitely been um, been a struggle trying to find where the appropriate help is. Like Sue, I, uh, I, well, I've tried professional help and um, I've had quite a lot of bad experiences and uh, some very, 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 very bad experiences. Um, so I gave up on it. Um, and I guess in some ways I've found um, embracing anarchy and dissociation is where I've met. Um, Fascinating. Yeah. Thank you very much, Jared. And, um, yeah, I think you've really answered the idea that attending the group helped your understanding and management of your condition, your adaptation. Um, Do you feel that you are helping others who are attending and sharing at the group? Maybe. Yeah. And um, what would you say to someone who is nervous or unsure about attending their first group, Jared? It's all good. Uh, so we mentioned earlier that trauma often underlies uh, dissociation and dissociative conditions. Could you elaborate a bit on trauma or sort of define it, if you will? Sure. Um, it's a really good question. Thank you. Um, so um, when people talk about trauma, they always go to extremes. Um, and I think it's really um, important that uh, people aren't... Um, there's there's no comparisons made because it's very unique and very individual to the to the person mm-hmm. themselves and I do know um, people that have got DID that experience um, really chronic medical dis- conditions as children and that's how their dissociation developed so you know it's not it's not purely extreme trauma um, per se um, because we're trying to define what that trauma is for that individual so what you might find traumatic might not be traumatic for me and vice versa so I think it's um we need to have a meta perspective of of trauma um and and not always just define it in one area yeah I think that's spot on um just out of curiosity why is a group called echoes good question um I wanted to be able to I didn't um I didn't want to use disassociation in the in the actual title again because um 
at that time exposure was and, and it still is actually quite an issue um, and I just found um, because I hear voices so I hear voices inside and outside of my head um, and it just seemed like that I mean I my belief is that you know these are messages and that they you know they're giving us information and so that's what um, I felt like echoes was was my voices um, and and it just seemed to fit in well uh, yeah. Um, you obviously provide a lot of support for the members of your group. What have you yourself learnt from being the facilitator in the group and from the other members? Um, that's a great question. It, it has really helped me um, be really considerably self-reflective um, and to be um, to find as much information as I can. Um, I think. Um, knowledge is really, really important for people um, and normalising and validation, um, you know, uh, are the things that I've learnt through the process, definitely. Um, how do you ensure that the participants are and feel safe during the sessions? So that's part of our values. Um, you know, when uh, when people... Uh, I read the values out each each week when, when we, we come to group, but, you know, it is about... Um, I think this is the difference between peaceful and and we talk about professionals. It's like I'm not the helper, you know. It's about you know giving people back um, the respect and on and honouring their their journeys thus far. They know what's right for them, and you know it's about dignity of risk. And so if somebody is activated, I mean, we have things in the group that obviously people can use to ground and so forth, etc. But if someone has you know, being extremely activated and quite distressed. It's about them saying what their needs are and what they would like to happen. And, you know, I can find out if they've got an advanced statement, for instance. And, and you know, it's, it's very much led by what the person needs at that moment in time. Thanks so much, Sue. Um, can you just tell me that something you said about an advanced statement, did you say? Can you explain what that is, Sue? I'll, I'll try my best. Because I, I don't know what it is, so yeah. maybe our listeners may not. Sure, sure. So an advanced <clears throat> statement is something that you draw up um, yourself. Um, it's not it's not an actual legal document. It's not a directive per se, but it can go in your notes if you are hospitalised. And what it is, is when... Um, so you have nominated people on your advanced statement, so... If you can't speak for yourself, the nominated people will speak up for you and say how you would like the treatment to occur for you whilst you're in hospital. Oh, I see. Thank you very much. Um, prior to the interview, you mentioned that you don't want to integrate what you call your parts. Can you explain to our listeners why that is? I think um, I, they've been with me since forever. Um, and But, you know, and it's a very common experience um, for people with with dissociative um, experiences, that actually, the the um, it's not till later in life that 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 things start to appear that perhaps you hadn't noticed previously. Um, so I've had diagnosis of borderline and schizophrenia and um, other um, mental health uh, labels um, because I you know the. Uh, People didn't understand how trauma affected um, people. You know, they do know there's much, much greater understanding of neuroplasticity and, you know, and everything around somatic um, experiences too. Mm -hmm. So um, I, they, you know, they they kept me alive in really, really extreme circumstances. And they are, you know, that they give me resilience, um, 
that yeah that you know I just would feel really lost without them it's about it's about collaboration and working well with with my parts yeah um you've mentioned that you'd like to mentor people who want to set up their own group what sort of advice would you give to them it to to to, to take things really slowly not rush in uh, do your research um, and obviously, you know, get as much support as you can. Um, and, you know, if people are willing to give venues for free and sort of funding, you know, that would be wonderful too. Thanks so much, Sue, for, for that. Um, I'm wondering if I know that we've talked about people finding Echoes on Google, but I think you've got some other information to help people track the Echoes peer support group down in Melbourne. So we've just put together a, a web page, so it's still under construction, but it is um, www.echoes-support.org. Thank you so much, Sue. Um, we just touched on how you've had a couple of what I think you called misdiagnoses, and there are some overlapping symptoms with different disorders. In particular, how does DID differ from uh, borderline personality disorder? That's a really good question. And um, I actually was upset um, fairly recently because somebody said, oh, you've, you're displaying borderline traits. And that was because I was um, I got quite emotional. Um, and um, I, the, the, the biggest difference is I think, you know, that our parts are more defined. Well, our parts are really defined and they're very separate. And amnesia is a big part of DID where it's not so much with borderline. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.